All right, guys. Hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 57. Can't believe we're here. 57 episodes. Feels like we started it yesterday. Um, today, we're talking with Mike Ecclestone, um, good friend of mine. We're on a couple things together, doing some stuff. But, uh, you know, I was, I was talking about the podcast and, and I was kind of getting Mike on here. Got a great story. Uh, we're going to get into his journey today, uh, going from sports to marketing to business to relationships. Um, just a great local entrepreneur, um, you know, flying, making uh, quick decisions and, uh, and taking action. So Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I uh, really appreciate you inviting me. Yeah. Excited to be here. <laughs> Feels like yesterday we were talking about it and today we're doing it. So it's, uh, it's awesome <laughs> to have. So man, born and raised in Hamilton, we were talking a little bit of hockey, you know, we're starting the podcast off now. What was your first paid job? You know what? It's funny. I've been I've been working since before I had a SIN card. So my <laughs> my first paid job, if you know me, no surprise, was in sports. I was a caddy at the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Perfect. Yeah, I can remember getting up Saturday morning. My dad would have to drive me out like five thirty in the morning. Um, I think he hated the fact that he had to get up that early, but he loved the fact that I was working. Um, so I'd get up there, and I would I would caddy for the members there, and it was. Four hours of walking around a golf course carrying clubs uh, and a hot dog and a cup of water at the turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's, no, there's no beers yet, right? No. You, how, old, how old were you doing that? Man, I want to say I was like 13 or 14 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and, uh, man, that's awesome. So were you into golf prior or were you just looking for something to do? Not at all. My, uh, my best friend, uh, and still to this day, one of my, my very good friends, a Andrew, was he like found it. I don't know how he thought that this would be a good idea. His dad was an avid golfer, so maybe he pushed him to it. But um, he said, I'm doing this. You want to join me? And we'd basically be rotating, sleeping over at each other's houses uh, <laughs> every Friday night. And then whoever's house that we were at, that parent got stuck with getting up at 530 to drive <laughs> us to work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's teamwork parenting. Eh? Yeah. Co-parenting with not your kid. Um, that's awesome. And so we always, so what were you making back then? Like, let's, let's get into any, uh, uh, Hamilton golf and country clubs. Let's see what the tips were like. Oh, um, okay. Well, golf etiquette, they told the, the members, you're not allowed to tip your caddy. Come so on. yeah, it was, that was a bit of a tough pill to swallow, but, um, because, you know, I think we were 14, uh, and had no like sin card. Honestly, I think it was like 13 bucks. Okay. Like total, <laughs> like we're talking, I'd show up at 6 a.m. and I'd get home at, if I was lucky, noon. Really? And it was $13, but I got a free hot dog and a cup of water. Okay. And no tips? No, I got one tip once and a guy gave me a toonie. And he was like, don't tell anyone because I could get in serious trouble if, if word gets back that I gave you a tip. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. I would have thought for sure. It's funny. Learning something every day. Like, I, I, I was thought for sure that's the whole point of getting the caddies, having the kid there. and Yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. It's like an old tradition where you don't tip your caddy, apparently. I don't know. I wonder if uh, the PGA has the same thing when you win the Masters. <laughs> I think, the, I caddy, I think the caddy gets 10 points. Oh, yeah. I yeah. would hope. I would hope. That's awesome, man. Um, and so, you know, going in from your first job, which is, that's just amazing. First time we've heard caddy. Um you know, tell us a little bit about July 9 Studios and what you do. And I, I think I, I know the answer, but share it with the listeners. Yeah, for sure. So uh, July 9 Studios, we're a web design um, company. So we're, our, our goal is to 
cultivate creativity through thoughtful web design. So we don't want to we don't want to be flashy for the sake of being flashy. We want to make sure that the websites we're building are speaking to our clients' audiences. Um, and whatever the goal of that website is, we want to make sure as many of those visitors are 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 completing that goal. So whether that's picking up the phone and calling you because I need some plumbing work done or um, if it's an online store that's selling t-shirts, getting people through to, to check out basically online. So um, it's been a very busy four to six months or whatever it's been since I launched, but um, things are going well and I'm, I'm literally just working for myself for the first time ever. So it's-, it's Congratulations. Been, man. Yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. That's incredible. I mean, again, going going a little bit deeper. So um, you, you've gone on your own now, you said six months ago? Uh, it started like, I want to say June. Okay, amazing. Yeah. And uh, and before that, you were still entrepreneurial. How did you get started in the in the marketing business? Yeah, Just great take question. Back to those football days, for sure. So I, I started out working um, at the Thai Cats after university. I was doing some landscaping and and doing irrigation because I didn't want to get into a career yet. I wanted to go travel. Okay. Um, so I got that out of my system. Came home and then it was like, okay, now I need a a grown up job. And so Not, then, sorry, sorry, sorry. So you finished university. Yeah. You're just making money so you can travel. Yeah. What was your travel like? You go away for a while. Did you do short trips, make some money, short trips? A little bit of both. So, um, yeah, I, I finished. I took a, a fifth year. A wise man once said yeah. university can be the worst four years of your life or the best five. So I did five. <laughs> uh, I took an extra semester to finish. I finished in December. And then January, I went on a big trip with about 20 people to Cuba for a week. Um, and that was actually my first time leaving North America, which it was, I mean, it's Cuba. It's beautiful. Yeah, stunning. It was, it was amazing. That was my first trip, trip too. Yeah. Um, so the classic uh, all-inclusive trip in Veradero. Yeah. Great time. We, we, got a, we got a tour of Havana. It was awesome. And then I came home and about two weeks later, I hopped on a flight and I went to uh, Thailand solo, um, which is a backpack. Come on. Yeah. And, the, and it was scary i mean i had never been on a flight that long either furthest i've been was vancouver uh so now i was going from toronto to tokyo tokyo down to bangkok so i was in like transit for 24 hours literally straight come on and i land in bangkok at like three o'clock in the morning and i've got my first night in a hostel booked and that's it and so my goal here was just to say you know my you're going to figure it out just go down there, get out there. That's step number one. And then I'll figure it out from there. And that's what I did for, for two months, two months. Yeah. And it was a great time. Jeez. Great trip. That's incredible. I mean, you look at like the context between, you know, did you ever think you were going to be an entrepreneur? It's funny. Like my parents kind of growing up, they at different points in my life where there were entrepreneurs and at different points of my life were working for other people or for, you know, my mom was in public health. So um, I personally never thought I would. I thought I'd always find, you know, that nice, cushy, secure job. Um, and secure then, is a good word, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I met uh, I met my wife. To, she's my wife today. She wasn't my wife at the time, uh, mm -hmm. Stolina. And she was very entrepreneurial. She always has kind of been, it's been in, in, her, uh, in her blood, really. And um, seeing her kind of just grab things and go for it yeah. was like just a different mentality that I'd never seen before. And she kind of pushed me into like 
trying new things, right? Like you never know. Life happens, comes at you fast. Yeah. Get out there and, and do what makes you uncomfortable. So um, that kind of switched my mindset. I want to say, we, I mean, we met in 2015, so I would have been 28 years old. So around 30 is when I kind of started thinking about like, okay, working for myself, what does that look like? Um, and then when I was working for Kite String, which is where the business I owned prior to July 9 Studios, I was working as an employee. And then the opportunity to take that over um, presented itself. And I thought to myself, you know what, this is, this is it. This is my, my first opportunity to get into entrepreneurship and I want to see how this goes. So um, I dove in. And so tell everybody a little bit about that journey because I thought that was really interesting, especially when I asked you like what you bought it for. Right, because it's like, oh, I you know took over this business or bought this business. I think a lot of people assume. Um, I always say I assume until I ask, and uh, and that's how you find out you know real answers, especially when you're not just interviewing somebody but trying to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people I find are scared to ask questions, especially those deep questions of like, you know, well, what'd you do? And I find too like no one's not willing to share. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sure. very rare, I find, that you can ask a question to a complete stranger, unless it's really confidential. Um, but in business, like, I think a lot of people, if they're not asking the question to be malicious. Yeah. So for anybody out there, like, you know, ask entrepreneurial questions because everyone's happy to share. And and I used to think, like, oh, what are your annual sales? Like, that's a really important question for a lot of people. Why? Because it gives context. Yeah. Gives context to scale, size, where they're at, what yep. you can talk about, yep. how you understand. Like, you know, in our businesses, you know, we know that if you're starting to do over $2 million, um, in a in a service-based business, now all of a sudden you have multi-level management. And, okay, what does that look like? And then what are they challenged with? So, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you became, went from employee to, to owner. Yeah, for sure. So, um I was at the Thai Cats at the time, and I was uh, manager of core partnerships there. So it was me and my director. We were responsible for finding new sponsorship and maintaining our current ones. And then working in sports, if you've worked in sports, you know someone works in sports, it's crazy. Um, it's fast-paced. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people. But I just wanted to try something new, something a little bit more relaxed. And uh, that's where KiteStream kind of came in, and I applied for a job there. Um, and then, yeah, six months into uh, my tenureship there, the owners, uh, Brandon and Jen, two amazing people, um, they had been at it for, I mean, Jen had been at it for years and Brandon um, jumped on as a partner later on, but he had been going at it. And I think they just wanted to try something new, kind of see what else is out there for them. And um, so they were going to shut it down, but they offered it up to the existing employees, whoever wanted to. You know, they basically said, if you want to take it, it's yours. Run with it. We, we'd rather not see, you know, kite string kind of wither away and die. It'd be great if someone took the, the reins. So um, me being the freshest face on the, uh, <laughs> on the, uh, on the deck where it was just, I said, you know and, what? This is looking for stability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, at that point, you know, I, 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 I got home and I spoke to my wife about it. And she was like, take it. Like, what are you doing? Like, go for it. Ask, ask around. Like, who'd be interested? So... Um, the next day I went into work and I, I started approaching people who worked there to say like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? And, uh, Maren Hudson, who now owns Kite String, um, herself, she was a graphic designer at the time and she always saw herself owning an agency. So for her, it was just like, okay, I thought this was going to happen in 10 years from now when I had a little bit more experience, but now. Mike is asking me if I want to take over kite string. And so we kind of just dove in. Um, 
feet first with each other and like <laughs> having known each other for all of six months, right? No way. Yeah. So we, we barely knew each other um, at that point. And all of a sudden we're owning a business together. And then a week after we took it over, COVID happened. And so now we're, now we're working out of her house and my house and kind of going back and forth and, you know, navigating that whole situation, which is, um, you know, for us was actually looking back on a, um, a little bit of a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. we had this great office space with the old kite string and we didn't want to take that on. It was just way too big of a space for the two of us. And um, we kind of, then COVID happened. And then like, we we didn't have to explain to people what happened to our office. No one even asked. We, everyone was on Zoom anyways. Perfect. Yeah. What a nice transition, eh? I mean, COVID was terrible, but like that yeah, was yeah, the one positive yeah, thing for, to come out of it where we were able to kind of just like roll with it. And then coming out of COVID, we... We got into the cotton factory. We had uh, our own space within the co-space there. And then we moved to outright our own office space in the office building at the cotton factory. Um, and I mean, that's, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been there or oh, not. beautiful but building. Beautiful building. Yeah, tons yeah. of character and, and, and huge. Yeah, tons huge of- Tons of businesses. Tons of businesses. I mean, you've got artists, you've got other agencies, you've got, I mean, you've got people who are doing woodworking and cabinet making, and then you've got people who are literally painting or making soaps. Like it's- you can find anyone who does anything in that building. It's really cool. Man, it's amazing. And I think, you know, um, I, I, we started in a co-working space. And for anybody out there that's kind of at that entry-level point or even, you know, working from home, like, there's so much value in co-working spaces. So 100%. much value. Yeah. I remember, actually, back in the day, you were working, you had a garage across the street from where I live now <laughs> at Park and Herkimer. Yep. So where, where were you at that point? Oh my gosh. That was, so that was hilarious because, so we were at, um, so we started at my house, yeah. which is uh, in the East Mountain on Fennel. And uh, I was getting to the point where it was like, you know, when you have a, a home office, but you don't have a property, like, you know, normally you'd get, you'd be like, oh yeah, the, the guy has a, a shop at his house. It's like, I didn't even have a garage. Yeah. I had two like old steel sheds. <laughs> and, and so the problem was, is that we got up, I think we got up to four or five vans, but I had to park them on the side street. So I did, I was on Fennel, so I had to walk around and then we got a co-working office okay. down at Seedworks. That was like transformational because I was able to, you know, leave work at work for the most part and then go home. And then at Herkimer and Park, um, they wouldn't let me have to the, essentially... I wasn't ever at the office once I hired an admin. So they wanted me to go to uh, to buy two desks. And I was like, oh. And my buddy, Jordan Fortino, he had that building at the Herkimer Park. Oh, okay. So that's where I was renting half a garage. Yeah. <laughs> and the second floor apartment. Oh, of the, okay. the old dentist's office. So, yeah, that was the last uh, building we were at before we moved here. Cool. Well, now it is a full dentist's office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did a beautiful job. It's yeah. such a nice building. Yeah, it's beautiful. Definitely not a plumbing shop. <laughs> <laughs> but we we uh, we got there eventually. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? Like you 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 work with what you can work with, and yeah, we started out literally like so. I own a um, rental property down by the stadium, and it was an Airbnb. And I can remember like literally we would just go there so each of us could get out of our own respective homes and we could do work together, but we couldn't go anywhere because everything was shut down. Yeah. So yeah, we'd literally go to my Airbnb and work out of my Airbnb, like just to get out of our own respective places. Of course. And like, you know, when you're collaborating, it's, 
you can do it online and you can work remote. And obviously that's a huge industry and a, a great thing that's come out of COVID, but there are times where like you need that face to face, right? Especially when you're starting out. Yeah. The, I always call it the whiteboard effect. Yeah. We got like, let's just, let's chalk it up on the whiteboard. Yeah. You can't do that on Zoom. You can try and whatever, but like, yeah, there's that connection. And I think a lot of people now, like I've heard of some really, really great success out of the hybrid model. And I think that comes down to a lifestyle, Yep. right? When I'm in the office, what am I doing? And, and as a business owner, I think that's a, it's a great concept when you can, right? You know, being as a salesman, obviously as, as an entrepreneur, we're all salespeople, but yeah, like, you know, being able to like go out and then come in and then dive in and then be on an email and then be on a Zoom. And it's like, I love that diversity. Mm -hmm. um, whereas for a lot of people going from sales to, you know, now what you're doing, where you're building websites, like you, like you could probably be in front of the computer for days. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how do you get that stimulation externally? And I need that, man. That's, that's what makes me tick. Like, I was so happy when uh, the chamber started doing networking events and I could actually go out and like see someone in the flesh versus yeah. on, and you know, Zoom is great. I mean, it's, Zoom has its place. I think it's, it's, it's good for that initial meeting where it's understanding if you want to work together with someone mm -hmm. in my business. I mean, it's different for you, obviously, but um, it's that initial meeting and understanding what the client needs and if I'm the right person, essentially. Yeah. It's great for that. But like, like each other. Yeah. And you know that it's going to be a good fit. And like, do you need a website or do you need digital marketing or a new brand instead? Right. Like kind of figuring out what it is you need so I can make sure what I'm delivering is going to have a positive and impactful change for your business um, totally. or your organization. But after that, it's like, I like to meet face to face. I like to meet people over coffee, over beer, at an event, whatever. So yeah, it was really great once those network events opened up. I was just going to them every month. <laughs> of course, man. Yeah. yeah. And so going back to one of the things you said earlier, which I thought was great, was just like that diversity around how you make a website. And so a lot of people talk about web design and it's like, was it a mobile app? Is like, a, you know, is it a website? Is it, a, you know, what is it? Is it a splash page? Is it Shopify? Um, like, how do you kind of stay creative and relevant when you're coming up with new ideas for these people? Like, what gets you into the creative mindset? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, I think art forever has always been, a. this is going to sound terrible, but has, has always been about stealing other people's ideas. Um, so that's not to say that you can't come up with something unique. You can, but ultimately like I'm always looking at what other people are doing. I'm always looking at, you know, a big part of what I do when I'm building a website is, one of the first steps is that competitive research. So understanding, if I, say I was building a website for you, I'd want to know what your competitors are doing. And I'd want to understand where we can kind of do something a little bit different that's going to make you stand out hugely. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it all depends on what the goals of your website are. Do you want people to fill out a contact form? Do you want people to call you? If you're, if you're selling products, you want to sell products online, right? So um, I'm always kind of, that's a big part of it, doing that competitive research, understanding what the client's goals are for their website, um, and then seeing what other people are doing and, and, and what's new within that world. And yeah. it could be as simple as a, as a weekly newsletter you get in your inbox. Um, could be just Googling. <laughs> it's at, the at our fingertips every day, right? So. Yeah. We have a saying, it's like, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just pop up the tire. Yeah. And it's I like, it. you know, some things are great and just keep it that way. You know what I mean? Enhancement is huge. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I remember probably the second time we rebuilt our website, it was, 
I felt so bad for the marketing company because it was like, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's such a, for a lot of people, it's like without a, if the, without a good, strong foundation with, for a marketing company, it's like, you don't want to be too creative. Like we talked to, to Tanya Lakaria on this show. And when she was on, we were talking about, um, you know, how she builds art and who's it for. And she's like, the core focus for me is to make sure I like it. Yeah. If other people like it, great. But if I don't like it, what I'm making, and I think when it comes to um, to web design for others, you don't get that opportunity. It's like, what do they want, mm-hmm. right? But then also, what's going to convert if that's what they're looking for, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's a there's a lot of cool products these days. Absolutely. And I always try and push when I have these conversations with clients. I always try and push them to. It doesn't always necessarily have to be what you want. It's not really about what Dan Guest wants for Guest Plumbing. Mm -hmm. It's about what your audience wants. How are they going to interact with your website? How are they going to digest your website? How are they going to, like, they land on your homepage and your goal is to get them to fill out a contact form. How are you going to make sure that they ultimately get there? So these are all things you got to consider. And if, you know, I always, I always, you know, try and hammer that home when I'm working with someone. And um, thankfully, most people are, they get it. They're like, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. It's not really about what I want. It's about how people are going to interact with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that you're on your own, July 9th Studios, uh, yeah, I asked you earlier about the name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Mike's birthday for everybody. That wants to July 9th, you, you find out where his office is, you send it to his house, whatever you yeah. want to do. If he likes flowers and, and sports memorabilia. But, um, <laughs> what uh so like as you're building the business now like where are you going how do you you know make the decision to kind of take the business to the next stage you're gonna be hiring a team great question so uh this just all started in yeah in june and um i also wanted to take the summer to I- i've wanted to do this slowly um and I wanted to take the time this summer to kind of reset. I mean, I went on my honeymoon to Scotland. I, I took that puck to the face in the spring. Yeah. Um, so I've been kind of doing this really slowly. But ultimately, my goal here is, um, well, my short-term goal has been since day one, make sure I'm servicing my existing clients mm-hmm. well and making sure, you know, their website is is doing what they need it to do. So I've got some ongoing maintenance clients that I work with on a month-to-month basis who need stuff all, you know, ongoing updates to their site, whether it be, you know, putting up a blog post or changing. I've got some, uh, a winery. They need new products added to their website uh, all the time. So about making sure I'm keeping those those folks happy. And then long-term, um, you know, I'd be great if I, could, if I could build this up to a point, you know, I don't need this to be, the big, huge marketing agency. That's not my goal, at least to start for now. I want to, I want to stay focused. I want to offer website design and I want to do, make sure that we are hammering those out and they're all fantastic. Um, so that's about making sure my processes are in place. Um, that's about making sure that I'm hiring the right people and, um, ultimately that we're delivering on a product that everyone, when they come out of it, they're like, wow, I was working with July nine studios and they blew my website out of the water. It's amazing. Yeah. So, it's a bit different mentality than say, you know, trying to expand as quickly as possible. Um, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there that want to do that and that's all great. But for me, it's about let's do this slowly. Let's do it purposefully um, and building out a team. I want to make sure that, you know, the team I'm building out are people who I like hanging out with too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. I, I think uh, it's, a, it's a great path to be on the journey. I think it's great that you were able to, <clears throat> kind of we call it slowing down to speed up but take that time yeah say what do i want yeah 
I find so many people rush through the door and they stand there and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so tough. Like that is, we talked about this earlier. Like what is the next step? How do I get from A to C? And there's that B step. You kind of got to make sure you're, you're, you're doing all the right things to get to B first. Um, so yeah, that's just how I like to roll. And, you know, I've got some other side businesses that I do and, 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 and all this stuff that, so that it, I'm more busy than I've ever been, which yeah. is great. I, I don't mind doing that. Um, but yeah, this, for me, I want to make sure I do this right and do it slow. Amazing. Yeah. So someone getting into wanting to get into marketing or digital marketing or ads or, or, or sales, like what would you recommend their steps be? Um, so I, I start out in sales, right? Like I was working for the Thai cats. I started out in ticket sales. I moved up to selling sponsorship. Um, my, my background is sales. And for me, I've always, it's always been about making sure whatever I'm selling is actually going to be what the client needs. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's, and that's how I like to sell. I want to make sure what I'm, what I'm doing is going to have a positive impact on whoever I'm selling to, whatever I'm selling them. So when I was with the Thai cats, if I'm partnering with someone, I want to like, it's Canadian football. So it's probably going to you, you want to partner with someone whose audience is Canadian and sports related. So, you know, it wouldn't make sense for an American company to come up and be like, we're going to sponsor the Thai cats. It's yeah. like, you're not going to get what you want out of this. It's going to be a failure, I think for you. And three years from now, you're going to say, screw that Mike Ecclestone. So um, for me, it's always about how can we make sure that what we're doing is going to have a positive impact for you. Um, and that's just how kind of I've always approached sales. It's, it's really, really easy as a salesperson to get caught up in the numbers and hitting your goals and hitting your targets. But if you're hitting your targets and you're hitting your goals, but it's all kind of garbage relationships, garbage products or services that you're selling, it's not going to in the long run be, be a profitable thing for you to do. It's not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. I, and, I, and I think just to that point, like being able to explain that to, you know, where you're going to go with it, right? Mm -hmm. Where are you, you going to take the business? Where are you going to take your, you know, your career, um, I think sales is such a good foundation mm -hmm. to a lot of different spaces, like understanding the process and the cycle and, you know, how that all gets developed instead of just like just doing the work, right? Like getting that day to day done. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's so funny, like before getting into owning a business, um, nailing, like nailing down your processes and how can you, how you, can you take something and I don't want to say automated because that's not what I'm trying to say here, but how can you take something and make sure that like it can get done with as little effort by you as possible? And I'm talking about like the monotonous tasks that don't really require you. You can just have a process in place that makes sure it get, it, that gets done so you can move on to the bigger, better things. And I think that's really important. As you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, you're not out there fixing someone's pipes. Mm -hmm. You're in here thinking about the next step. Yeah. And, you, and you're able to do that because you've put a team in place who understands, who understands there's a process to follow, whether it's, you know, Ty, who I met earlier today, um, getting me on this podcast or sending a guy to, to, to a job, right? Yeah. Um, making sure those processes are in place so you can take that. And when you hire, hey, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Here's the playbook. And it's really easy for someone to jump in and be a part of the team. Yeah, that's great, man. Like we said, the only thing you need to trust is the process. Yeah. And the reason for that is, like, you know, you don't have to trust everybody because you have a process for it. So if you're trusting that the process works and you have a process to make sure that they're doing the process, 
right? Like you just, that's the only thing you got to trust is the process. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't mean to take away from like you are untrustworthy people. That's, that's not the point. But, right. um, you know, the bigger thing is like in entrepreneurship at the, at the beginning stage, it's like, oh, make sure you get the right people. Like make sure you get people that you trust. And it's like, well, you hire for culture, right? You hire for competency and you hire for, for a good attitude. And I think, you know, when you have all those things and then you create a great process that's easy to follow and well explained, everyone's just happy because they know where they're yeah. going and they know what they're doing. Yeah. That's great, man. So if you had to give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be? <sighs> Invest in Bitcoin. Besides <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin investing. No, I'm kidding. I, that's the crystal I'm not, ball. I'm not, I'm not one of those crypto guys. I have no idea. That's not, a, that's not my world. Um, but no, that. And um, don't be afraid to take risks. Just dive in. And, you know... I'm very privileged in the fact that I've got a wife who supports me and, you know, pushes me to, to do these things. Um, and I've got a, like a great group of support from my friends and family. So I, I, I definitely can know that and acknowledge that. But just honestly, you just got to dive in. Love it. Just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure. Because yeah. if you're not failing, you're not learning. So just do it. I love that, man. I think it goes back to just like genuine entrepreneurship and, and identifying. You said it earlier, but just the discomfort, like understanding the uncomfortable is good. Yeah. Right. That means you're learning. That means you're growing. That means you're stressing yourself out and challenging to new heights and like, you know, putting those those positive chips in the right corner. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of like if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. Make yourself vulnerable. It's going to be awkward and it's going to suck in the moment, but then you're going to look back on it and be like, I'm glad I did that because I, I, I took this away from it or I was able to get this experience or meet this new person. Um, you know, like even me coming into here today, I've never been on podcasts in my life. I've never, I've had a microphone in front of my face maybe twice in my life. So um, to say I wasn't nervous, I'd be lying to you. Yeah, yeah. But like once you do it and you're here and we're chatting, whatever, it, it's all good. Um, and it's just like another, another great experience learning opportunity who knows who's listening right 100 man yeah that's how it all started i remember you were talking about just like i told too many people that we we're going to start a podcast and then i had to <laughs> so you know that forceful uh you know forceful action taking um man i love that honestly like i'm gonna start doing that if like there's something i want to do but i can't get the motivation to do it i'm just gonna start telling people that i'm doing it because that's gonna motivate me to do it well, and then it's a it's a character play, right? Are you, are you a guy that just talks a bunch of shit, or are you a guy that takes action? Yeah, and I don't want to be the guy that just talks a bunch of shit. I want to be the guy that that takes action. Yeah, hundred percent, and man. follows through. That's... So that's great. I, that's my big learning today is the Dan Guess mantra of tell pe enough people, and eventually you're just gonna have to force yourself. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I, that, that I love makes it. Makes me smile. I appreciate that. <laughs> well. Um, Thanks so much, Mike, for coming on the show. Guys, you know, we, we talk about these things like, why not me? Why not now? And, and Mike's an incredible example of, you know, what can be done when you take some risks, put forth that, that valiant effort, and, and also knowing when to pivot, knowing when to, you know, take that opportunity, but also, you know, move that opportunity to a different stage. And um, We couldn't have this podcast without all you guys listening in. Uh, make this joke every time but as long as my mom hears it i'm happy but uh now that we have such a great audience and, and people tuning in and, and incredible uh guests like mike uh we wouldn't be here without you so mike's uh gonna be all his social stuff 
uh, will be up. Ty's in the background working his butt off and he, he's going to get everything up there so that if you need to get a hold of Mike and you want to learn more about web design and, and what he's doing, um, you'll know where to reach him. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. This was fun. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. Oh.